0: Skull Rock Podcast is brought to you by the generosity of the following companies. Shure, sound extraordinary. To podcasters, recording musicians, and streamers who are looking for studio quality audio at home or on the road, the Shure MV7 Podcast Kit is a premium all-in-one solution inspired by the legendary Shure SM7B, and is designed to address the versatility required by modern creators. For more on the Shure MV7 Podcast Kit, visit Shure.com, S-H-U-R-E.com, or click the link in our show notes. Shure, sound extraordinary. And by The Old Mill Press, publishing beautifully crafted books that illuminate our world. To learn more, visit TheOldMillPress.com. And by listeners like
1: you. Hey! This is Willie Ito, retired Disney animator, and you are listening to the Skull Rock Podcast. Podcast talking all things Disney with your hosts Al John Go and Dave Bossert.
0: Welcome once again to another episode of Skull Rock Podcast, the show about all things Disney and pop culture. Every week, we take you behind the scenes of some of your favorite Disney films, theme park attractions, performances, books, music, as well as what's streaming, what's in theaters, and what's going on in the universe of entertainment. I'm Al John Go, musician and longtime Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, and pop culture fan. And you can email me, aljohn, A-L-J-O-N, at SkullRockPodcast.com.
1: And I'm Dave Bossard, artist, filmmaker, author, and welcome to the Skull Rock Podcast. If you love Disney and pop culture, please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. You can also like and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can also email me at Dave at skullrockpodcast.com Al John, how are you this this fine week
0: I'm doing great I I wanted to, to say uh, really quick that your boy Al John is going to be playing a, a rock and roll
1: show Dave. Are you really fantastic I've been I've are been- you bringing back the band? No, not, back together? not the
0: old band, but we oh, are okay. doing, we are doing something and I'll, I'll just get this out of the way quickly um, because that's where most of my time has been devoted to. It's um, top 40 goes heavy. It's the pop rock show, which is part of the hero coalition event. The hero coalition is a great group of musicians and just costumers. Uh, as some people would say, cosplayers, they go around children's hospitals and spread a lot of joy to people dressing up of some of their favorite um, Marvel and DC heroes awesome and making the kids days better so we're doing a big show april 22nd at the exit Inn. just a few days away it's 20, 20 bucks if you happen to be in the nashville area 18 and up and we're going to be covering songs from rihanna taylor swift um lady gaga and coolio miley cyrus uh kelly clarkson And so many more, but we're doing it in a hard rock kind of punk metal twist. So if you're interested in that, we have a rotating uh, guest of uh, A-list musicians who kind of come in and out. And I'm going to be doing, you know, uh, six, seven songs myself, along with uh, a bunch of great musicians and singers. And it's all for a good cause. So please don't uh, mark your calendars if you happen to be in Middle Tennessee area for the Hero Coalition's Pop Rocks show at the exit in April 22nd for a good cause. So uh, awesome. Yeah, I so, wish
1: I could I wish I could be there. That's oh, uh, uh, that's like a week away. Yeah, it's a week away
0: and uh I'm st- just you know, like studying for cramming for the exam, if you will, because it's been a <laughs> long time since, you know, I've played some shows, um, you know, small, small shows and playing bass and doing some country music and some classic rock stuff. But it's kind of going back to my roots, um, playing rock. So it's it's nice. <laughs>
1: that's yeah. a, that's awesome. And, you know, speaking of music, we have a great guest today. I love We it. have Tammy, Tammy Tucky. And yes. uh, we're going to be talking about and and sampling her new album. Yeah. Which just released this past Saturday.
0: Yeah. I it's really great. I mean, I've got a copy of it, you've got a copy of it. Yeah. And it's just a, a you can tell there's so much heart, but you know, when a when a, a program or when a project like this comes together and it sounds just wonderful, uh, and she took the time to do it right, man, it's it's amazing. So can't wait to She's, to hear you, about it.
1: You know she's got a beautiful voice; she really does, and I I can't wait for our listeners to hear some of the a uh, uh, couple of the tracks. Oh, yeah, not full tracks, not full tracks. Yeah, we, we but, can't. But, yeah, it's not yeah, like an we album. Can only, but we can only pa- play so much, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you, you tune. Make sure you follow her on all her socials. It'll be in the show notes, and uh, you'll be able to check out the the album for for yourself because it's just wonderful. All these great Disney songs. So love it. But, Dave, uh, now that uh, we're getting ready for Tammy uh, in the green room, uh, we also have some great news we'll get to right after we get into. The Fix of the Week.
1: Yeah, you know, I got to tell you, um, I went to see Air in the movie theaters. Wow. And uh, I got I to gotta tell you, this is an excellent film. And you don't need to be a sports fan to enjoy this movie. I have to tell you, this is a fantastic film directed by Ben Affleck. Uh, He also stars in it. He's playing Phil Knight. Uh, So he's in it periodically through the movie. Uh, But the real star of the film, I think, is uh, Matt Damon, uh, who's playing Sonny Vaccaro. Right. right? And uh, Viola Davis, who plays uh, Michael Jordan's mother. I love it. You know, and I have to tell you, incredible cast. You got Ben Affleck, you got Matt Damon, you got Viola Davis, Chris Tucker, you got Jason Bateman. Mm -hmm. You know, I I mean, it's just absolutely a great feel-good movie. Let me ask you this about Jason
0: Bateman. Was he wearing a blue Oxford shirt and some khakis? No.
1: Oh, no, he had a button-up <laughs> shirt on, and he had a 70s haircut.
0: Oh, I was going to say, Fabulous. You, you know, that's the running joke uh, with Jason Bateman roles is that he wears the same thing in every role. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't, I don't know.
1: I, I, I maybe think somebody great. got maybe somebody got to him because he wasn't wearing that. <laughs> Perhaps, although although there might have he might have had khakis on in in one or two scenes. <laughs> you got you got to
0: know you gotta you gotta believe that's true. Uh, yeah. I, I think that's a, that's great. First of all, if you've not read the book, and this is my recommendation to read uh, Phil Phil Knight's book Shoe Dogs, you should because it's about the founding of Nike. And it's a really great read. If if anyone is interested in the world of business or just wants a good good read, this is like one of my 10 out of 10 books. You need to check that book out.
1: And, and by the way, you know, uh, I got to tell you, they, they only cast an actor that had the height uh, and, and, you know, kind of a look of a Michael Jordan mm-hmm. only from behind. You never <laughs> actually saw him. You know, saw his face I wonder if that was because he wouldn't sign off on the film No, no, I, I, I think, you know, Ben Affleck did meet with Michael Jordan Oh, okay And uh, and they discussed the, the script that, that Ben had at that point And and then they made a bunch of changes to the script Because after the meeting with Michael Jordan Apparently Michael Jordan really said the movie was about uh, his mother yeah. and, and Sonny Vaccaro Yeah Right. I mean, yeah. that's a, the, the focus shifted away from Michael Jordan and really shifted on to Michael Jordan's mother, uh, who's played by Viola Davis and Sonny Vaccaro, played by Matt Damon. And uh, and I have to tell you, uh, I think it was a good choice because I think you can't really cast a character that uh, you're going to look at and go, that's not Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? right. I mean, Michael Jordan is such an iconic person, you know, in, in, in pop culture. He's transcended sports. Right. Right. Well, and he's a smart guy. Right. So,
0: you know, it's, it's great notes from him saying let's just take the focus off me and let's yeah. focus on this segment of the story. So, you know, kudos for him. Not a whole lot of people would do that because they want to be seen. They, they, they want their part in in the film, but it's great that he did that and took a step back and, You know, really took the story for what it was.
1: And and by the way, you do see Michael Jordan in some vintage clips from his early years. Nice. You know, so you do see him, but very sparingly. And I thought that was a good thing they and I have to I I have to tell you at the end of the movie and I'm not giving anything away but they put up you know uh, some text on the screen uh-huh. <laughs> with images right. of the real characters you know the real people that are were being portrayed in the movie yes but the one thing that struck me was that to this day Michael Jordan is making 400 million dollars a year in passive income from the Air Jordan brand.
0: That's amazing.
1: But Is that unbelievable? Uh, it's
0: unbelievable but also not surprising because I mean, you it, know, this is what happens when you get to the peak the peak of your particular industry when you can develop your brand like Dr. Dre and Dre beats, right? The beats headphones yeah, and,
1: and you sure. sell them,
0: you know, you sell to Microsoft or whatever and you, uh, or Apple, or I forgot who, whoever owns it now. But, um, you know, air Jordan is synonymous with quality, you know, athletic shoes and a fashion, you know, uh, super fashionable, and right. That has sustained itself for forty years, Dave. It's like forty yeah. years, right? Something
1: like that. I know it's unbelievable, but anyway, it's a great movie. If you get a chance, go see it. I will tell. I will tell our listeners this is a movie you can watch on on one of the streamers whenever it comes on. Uh, but I will say. It was very enjoyable seeing this movie in, uh, on a big screen. Mm, so, you know awesome. me, I lo- I love movie theaters. I love going to the theaters and seeing films. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is a movie you can watch either, either place. Very good. Um, I've also I continued to keep up with The Mandalorian on yep. Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Love the show. Um, Rabbit Hole. Uh, with Kiefer Sutherland on Paramount Plus, I've been watching episodes as those are dropping. Uh, I have to tell you, uh, Al John, you know, after my travels this past week, I was kind of wiped out, and I sat for an afternoon and I watched a whole bunch of episodes of Picard uh, <laughs> on uh, on Paramount Plus. Yeah. And- I mean, love the fact that Jerry Ryan is back uh, as seven uh, and uh, seeing Jonathan Frakes, who's not only in. An episode, but uh, is behind the scenes, uh, you know, behind the camera directing, yeah. uh, really uh, enjoying that series a lot. And I appreciate that recommendation from you because yeah, yeah. it is a terrific series. Yes. Uh, also, uh, for laughs, Animal Control with Joel McHale on yeah. Hulu uh-huh. is, is fantastic. And then we just started watching a show called uh The Company You Keep on Hulu and this is an interesting show I I'll, I'll give you the synopsis on it uh a night of passion leads to love between a con man Charlie and undercover CIA officer Emma who are unknowingly on a collision course professionally. While Charlie ramps up the family business with sights set on getting out for good, Emma works to close in on the vengeful criminal who holds Charlie's family's debts in, in hand forcing them to reckon with their lies they've told so they can save themselves and their families from disastrous concor- uh, consequences. Mm-hmm. The series is based on the Korean Broadcasting System series entitled My Fellow Citizens. Mm-hmm. So uh, I have to tell you, this is a great cast. Uh, Emma's pa- played by Catherine Hannah Kim, and uh, Charlie is played by Milo Ventimiglia. Ventimiglia. Yeah. Ventimiglia. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, and, and uh, you know, you've got uh, Felicia T- uh, Terrell, Sarah Wayne, Kalises, uh, and Polly Draper yeah. uh, are all in this, along with William Finchner.
0: Oh, okay. I love
1: William Finchner he's a great actor he's been in a ton of stuff and yeah. I have to tell you he's he's just a great actor to watch right uh so I give two thumbs up for the company you keep on Hulu it's a sort of a you know a spy drama uh thriller kind of uh kind of a show and uh, really enjoying it that's so great. uh that's what I've been watching well now, great. John what have you been watching not a
0: lot really uh you ah. know this week this week is a cram for the exam for the gig um i still you know i'm watching all my procedurals so that that still happens i'm not going to go into detail you know what I, I watch cop yeah. shows a lot yeah. but um you know once again picard i know you're not caught up dave so i'm not going to spoil it but i don't i just don't. about i just about cried
1: don't was, don't, was, don't spoil it for me because i'm i'm literally I, I i i think i'm two-thirds of the way through season one
0: yeah it's uh, it's really good, and I had I, I had tears, so it was good. And another thing that was great was the Mandalorian. Now, Dave, I know you said you watched this week. Um, are you caught up?
1: Uh, I am caught up because I uh, uh, I watched the most recent episode where they returned to Mandalore. Okay, I I loved it. I think oh, yeah. I think if. Uh,
0: I think if you had some reservations on where the show was going in the storytelling, I think it, this one kind of cinched it up. I, I feel like it might be a little bit too late for some people, but this is a great time to kind of pick it back up and see it. Um, And I have a question for you being a filmmaker, Dave, when a series tells stories and they don't, they don't have like the come like the a storyline b or c storylines kind of interwoven in between yeah. the episodes through a season and they do what some people say are kind of like you know offshoot adventures where it loosely has something to do with um you know the the overall plot but it's kind of like a side mission right yeah Do you feel like when they spend too much time on these kind of side missions that people kind of lose interest because they're not focused on the main characters?
1: Yeah, listen, I can tell you from, uh, you know, a few people I've talked to about Mandalorian, Mm -hmm. uh, they felt that that it's kind of lost them uh, partway through the second season. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think you bring up a very valid point. You know, I think they strayed. I think think there was a flat spot uh, for a couple of episodes uh where people did lose interest.
0: Yeah.
1: Um I stuck with it just because I liked the show, but I kind of felt that way. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you know, it it was different from uh the first season. Yeah. You know, the first season had a great arc all the way through it, you know, right. and uh and so this season there I think the last two episodes have kind of pulled it back. Right? right? I, I,
0: it's, it's important, I think for, for people to understand why people tune in, uh, the walking dead had that kind of syndrome for a while because they would do these side stories that would eventually have everybody kind of culminate. But in the meantime, you're not watching, you know, Rick Grimes, you know, The, the reason you tune in is to see Rick Grimes, you know, and you want to know what's going on to him, uh, with him. And when you don't focus on the Mandalorian and you don't focus on Din Djarin, uh, I think people kind of lose. It's like, I want to know more about this gunslinging, you know, Clint Eastwood character that I fell in love with for the first two seasons. And they do these side quests and everything. And they're like, where is he? Where is he?
1: So uh, uh, hey listen I'm I'm with you on that and uh and I have to tell you you know I had this conversation uh early, this this past week uh when I was up in Napa Valley uh with uh, my nephew and I and my daughter as well and and I have to tell you you know, the bottom line is that for me, I like uh, a season where there's a story arc across all the episodes for 100%. the full season. Yes, you know, and, and you're tying all of these story points, and you're you you're just weaving these story threads together mm-hmm. throughout ten or. 12 episodes Mm -hmm. um i i enjoy that um one of the criticisms i gave last week with true lies was that it was much more uh you know contained to one show you know certainly there's there's a bit of a story with each of the characters but Mm it's like each show is, is a mission and it's, it's a, it's a very, very procedural thing. I'd much rather have an overarching the way they did with Bosch, mm-hmm. you know, Harry Bosch is solving a case over the course of an entire season, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. where I'm at.
0: Yeah. Nope. I, I totally get it. And that's kind of where Picard is, is doing yeah. you know, where they kind of Absolutely. have these threads throughout um, while it's still episodic, in some circumstances there's still those through lines and I wish uh, they had followed that, but I think they're going to write the ship and I can't wait for, that was the penultimate edition of that Mandalorian show that came out, and we're looking forward to the season finale of both Picard and The Mandalorian next week. Can't believe we're seeing Star Trek and Star Wars at the same time streaming. It's crazy. It's crazy times, Dave.
1: It's fantastic.
0: It's, it's crazy. Fantastic.
2: Skull Rock Podcast. This week in Disney and pop
0: culture. oh Dave. It's Trailer Central. People getting ready. People getting ready for the big blockbuster season it's a
1: massive year it's a massive year it's gonna be huge and
0: i have to say that i saw the marvels trailer with brie larson and company and i freaking loved it
1: oh i did too (laughs) i absolutely loved it i think it's fantastic and i am looking forward to that it's dropping uh it's gonna be out in november
0: it is uh you know it initially was slated for earlier in the summer i think or you know so they're they're kind of pushing it back slightly but i think it's going to be worth the wait i really appreciate the fact that a there's some sense of humor in it yeah um a lot of action uh it looks like they're going to have a family relationship kind of like the odd couple and then you have the the new girl put in there as well so there's a really interesting dynamic between the three characters the marvels if you will and, uh, and of course the beastie boys, I think if you put the beastie Boys and you got to love this Dave, cause you're from New York, <laughs> uh, anytime you put the beastie boys in a trailer, you automatically get a thumbs up from me. And then, uh,
1: honestly, I I have to be in the mood for the Beastie Boys. Oh man, I <laughs> love the Beastie Boys, man! I tell you, when
0: I when I first heard them kick Intergalactic off in the trailer, I was like, oh, we're in for a ride. This better be good. And the trailer <laughs> definitely did that for me. So I'm looking forward to checking out the Marvels, and uh it looks funny. It doesn't look. People are like, oh, it looks hokey and everything. I was like, you're just being a hater. Why don't you just Why don't you just loosen up? Loosen up a little bit, guys. Uh, We have a lot of Disney Plus stuff happening, Dave. I have to say that uh, Muppets Mayhem, the Disney Plus original series, is going to be debuting here in a few weeks, May 10th on Disney Plus. And this particular show is about the Electric Mayhem band. Dr. Teeth on vocals and keyboards, along with the rest of the band, is trying to... Uh, go on the road I guess trying to figure out what they need to do to get their new record out so this is
1: um uh, is this is a new cool. series it's a brand new series oh uh, you know I thought it was a movie when I first saw it you know when I first saw the headline on it but it's it's actually a, a new series I you know Al John I have to tell you something I love the Muppets mm-hmm. I love the Muppets from when I was a kid and Jim Henson was on I don't know, the Ed Sullivan show or something like uh-huh, that. Right. I, I mean, I remember seeing the Muppets, you know, way back when, and then Sesame street. And yep. I mean, for crying out loud, who doesn't like the Muppets? I love, I the know, Muppets. I love I the could, Muppets. I could actually watch the Muppets watch grass grow. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. They, so, I mean,
0: so, so a little, little story here aside, I love the Muppets so much growing up and as an adult i was waiting for them to bring that muppet uh do you remember the fao schwartz the make your muppet uh thing that they experienced they had in new york for a while over there at faa schwartz it,
1: they were supposed it, to bring it, that wasn't to it like a build-a-bear kind yeah, of thing kind of
0: like yeah you build your own muppet and they were wow. supposed to bring it to uh the walt disney world resort and they never did and i was wow. heartbroken about it because i always wanted um to be a muppeteer thought it was great yeah but anyway So their journey uh, of you know basically finding where they're you know where they're going to go in 2023 uh trying to get a record deal is going to be great the, the trailer's wonderful there's so many guest stars as you can imagine dave anytime a muppet uh, production happens there's going to be all kinds of great guest stars and this this time uh it's huge paul abdul guest stars uh you've got uh the god tommy chong billy corgan from smashing pumpkins uh suzanna hoffs from the bangles jennifer Irwin, tommy lee from motley crew Lil Nas X Ziggy Marley the list goes on and on and on and on there's so many people from you know actors and of course musicians That's And awesome. the original music I, is I produced wait. yeah the original music is produced by songwriter hall of famer Linda Perry who has written songs for Christina Aguilera and used to be the singer for four non-blondes you know that song what's going on that song yeah yeah, yeah she wrote yeah. that so um yeah, this is going to be a great show. So, uh, irreverent and a lot of fun. Uh, we look forward to that. It's streaming once again May 10th. All the episodes will drop.
1: Oh, no. good. Yeah, Excellent. so you can,
0: you can totally binge it. So, Crater, from the producers of Stranger Things, from Miles from Earth, their adventure begins. Uh, the new series, Crater, will be streaming on Disney Plus May 12th. Uh, this is about the story of caleb channing who was raised on a lunar mining colony and is about to be permanently relocated to an idyllic faraway planet following the death of his father but before leaving to fulfill his dad's last wish he and his three best friends go on a road trip for one final adventure to explore
1: a mysterious crater you know i i watched this trailer okay and you know it looks good yeah i just it didn't hook me. Yeah. And I'll tell you why it didn't hook me because it just felt like, oh, there's a bunch of kids living on the moon in this colony and they go on a road trip. Mm-hmm. But, but what, like, what's the crater? What's in the crater? What's in? the, what's crater? the danger? What's the hook to make me say, oh my gosh, I got to watch this. You I got to see how this resolves. Yeah. You need to
0: know the stakes right now. I do. Yeah. You want to know what the stakes and are. And I didn't
1: get that from the trailer.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I didn't get that either. I still, I still, I still have this. On I am going to watch it. I, yeah. I,
1: I am going to watch it. By the way, uh, because it just looks well
0: made. Yeah, it does. Um, we shall see, shall we? Uh, we're going to check that out May twelfth and i'm hoping i'm hoping that it's good and
1: and that's a disney plus movie that's an original movie that's dropping on disney plus yes it is yeah yeah
0: so check that out another thing you need to check out too is have you seen the trailer for peter pan and wendy yet yeah, dave no i have not okay so they've uh, basically got their entire uh, marketing campaign ready surrounding the film and it's it looks interesting Dave and I'm not going to I'm going to reserve my comments until I see it but the live action reimagining streams April 28th just a few days away exclusively on Disney plus Peter Pan and Wendy Um, this is a live action reimagining of the J.M. Barry novel and the 1953 classic so okay don't let me down yeah don't let me down don't be a Pinocchio
1: yeah, don't, don't, don't be a Pinocchio. <laughs> do right. A Pinocchio. Womp, womp, be, be, womp. be more <laughs> Beauty and the Beast
0: and less Pinocchio, please. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, Harry Potter fans, check this out. Uh, Dave, you sent me this note that the series is officially happening at max. Uh, forget the term HBO. It's just max now, uh,
1: I guess. But, um, you know. Well, I, you know what? I will say, thanks for not putting a plus on the end of that. <laughs> Like everything is plus <laughs> amc plus paramount plus Max, i know everybody's got a plus you yeah. know
0: yeah just uh, you know but it's interesting i would not to ever call it max it's just hbo it's hbo max you know what hbo is a great brand why did you have to cut it off that that thing <laughs>
1: hey hey, listen you know what i i mean when we start our youtube channel at some point it's going to be skull rock plus okay i'm I'm drinking coffee
0: (laughs) as you said that and i'm trying not to spit all over myself almost did a spit take thank you dave And you got your coffee too so um yeah so no coffee for
1: me i (laughs) don't drink coffee well that's a tea that is a venti tea
0: okay all right tea okay good for you uh (laughs) So (laughs) there's got to be a little snark in our, our our, our little interaction. So the stories from uh, each of Rowling's books um, will have the same kind of uh, presence in this particular series. I am a big fan of the Harry Potter films and I can't wait to check this out. The Harry Potter universe is something that I I am enamored with. I love it. So I'm hoping that uh, people dig it too. I hope this is good, Dave, make
1: it good. listen, it has to be, you know, yeah. I mean, it's such a great franchise for Warner brothers. Yeah. You yeah. know, they're not going to, they're not going to try, they're not going to do something that'll damage that. I don't think.
0: Yeah. Let's, let's make sure, let's make sure it happens. Yeah. All right. So in the regrets for this week, Dave, uh, you sent me this note and I've seen a lot of uh, Disney animators also post about this as well. Disney uh, or animator uh, editor, producer Don Ernst passes away at the age of 89
1: Yeah, Uh, you know, I I actually worked with him. Uh, He was the producer on Fantasia 2000. uh, Uh, So, uh, but, you know, prior to that, he had this incredible career as an editor. Yes. Uh, I mean, going back to the 60s, he worked on Gilligan's Island and shows like that. Um, And then, you know, he worked with Ralph Bakshi on a lot of Ralph Bakshi's feature films. Right. uh, And then eventually came to Disney doing editing and eventually producing. And he was a co-producer on Aladdin uh, and a producer on uh, Fantasia 2000. And, you know, I worked with him for like five years, you know, and, uh, you know, he was, you know, he was, he was a guy that was passionate about, you know, making the film the best it can be. Mm -hmm. You know, he was, he was really passionate about it. And uh, we had a lot of laughs. We traveled together. We, you know, did a lot of stuff together. Uh, There was also a lot of tense moments. You know, he, he was kind of a, you know, a, a, a tough person. You know, he could he could rub people the wrong way. And, uh, you know, there there was certain you know, there was certainly stories that I won't go into here. But, uh, you know, look, at the end of the day, you always had the picture uh, that you were working on uh, at the center. You know, that was uh, that was it. You're going to find people that are in the creative
0: realm to be super passionate. Yeah. And when you're you're on the top of your game like many of your, your colleagues, Dave, like Don, you're going to find that, you know, people, people get fired up about things, but that's what makes them great. And that's part of it. So um, rest in peace, Don.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I want to add one more story to this, which I think our listeners might find interesting. Okay. Um, You know, after we finished Fantasia 2000, um, you know, Roy Disney wanted, who was executive producer of Fantasia 2000, he wanted to complete Destino. Right, And uh, I have to give a shout out to Don Ernst because he was the guy, he was a story consultant uh, on that picture, and he was the one who cracked the nut on how the storyboards that were done in 1946 actually went back together because it was a bit confusing people didn't quite know how it all fit together and it was Don Ernst who actually figured out the the uh, the the way the story the original story panels actually went together
0: gotcha wow well that's important that's really important for that that story thread I mean Destino's work of art absolutely yeah so that's awesome.
1: anyway, so rest in peace, Don, yeah, you know right he on. had a good life, I mean 89 mm-hmm. uh you know he really uh he really had a good life.
0: Well, speaking of someone who had a good life, I would say great life is Al Jaffe,
1: trailblazing oh mad
0: magazine cartoonist, and I collected Mad magazine for so many decades. ah, oh. passes away at the age of 102.
1: You know, just, I I mean, talk about a fantastic life. Yeah. I mean, this guy hooked up with Mad Magazine in what, 1954? It was like a couple years after it first started operating. Yeah. Uh, And he stayed with it to the end. Uh, And, 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 you know, the, he's responsible for spy versus spy. Yeah. Uh, He's responsible for the fold. The folding uh, back cover, yeah, which was always great. You would, you'd be able to fold the back cover and create a new uh, image yeah. once it was
0: folded. Yeah, that was the best thing, man.
1: I love it. It was fantastic, you know. I, and I have to tell you, I grew up with Mad Mad Magazine. Yeah. I I can remember going to the local, you know, uh, candy store, or luncheonette that had a magazine rack and picking up you know the latest issue of mad magazine
0: yeah yeah i i was like that too i the parodies were my, some of my favorite you know
1: fantastic fantastic I mean the, the, I mean the star trek parody stands out to me it was hilarious oh
0: yeah any any one of their parodies of any blockbuster film i was uh i was there at the grocery store in yeah. line buying it uh, interesting note here, Jaffe began producing comics after graduating high school and would work then for industry titan Will Eisner because uh he bought his superior uh or his uh, Spider or his Superman um, knockoff inferior man, which I thought was hilarious. And then he would soon work for Marvel under Stan Lee at Timely Comics, a forerunner of yeah. Marvel of course. So yeah. he had so much to to uh you know to contribute. But Mad Magazine is is a classic, and so is he, and he will be missed. A lot of people. Yeah, I mean, just
1: uh, uh, an amazing life. You know, I mean, uh, to live into your triple digits uh, and have fun doing it—that's uh, the way to go.
0: One hundred percent. Another legend, and this is actor and Barton Fink and Harlem Nights and Eight Men, Michael Lerner dies at eighty-one. A lot of people will know him as a character actor. He's been in so many different films, Dave.
1: Oh my um, gosh. I mean, he 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 was a, you know, a real working actor. He was in a lot of stuff and and boy was he a great actor.
0: Yeah. Definitely. He passed away this past Saturday night. son nephew let him know who's also uh, on ABC's Goldberg said the cause of death was not immediately known but uh, you know once again he's lived a fantastic life a great character actor uh, Michael Lerner so rest in peace Michael well now it's got to that point of the show where we open up our green room and we welcome our guest Tammy Tucky he's got a, a brand new album so we welcome her
1: right here on Skull Rock Podcast let's do it skull rock podcast interview time well al john here we are we're back again and we've got a repeat guest with us we have tammy tucky from the Tierra show uh and uh, she's a fellow podcaster but we have her on as a guest today and i want to welcome you tammy to the show welcome
2: Thank you. I can't, I'm so glad to be back. Thank you for having me back. I really appreciate it. (laughs) Well, you know
1: something, it's so great. And I love the pod, like the, the Disney podcast community because everybody's got one another's backs, you know, and you, Mm -hmm. you've been terrific with, with having not only me on, on the show, on your show, but, you know, so many of, people I know have been on your show over the years and it's such a pleasure to have you back because we had you here several months ago telling us about a new album you were doing and it's done which is exciting because because I got a cd (laughs) I posted on social media that I got my cd and my autographed picture by the way (laughs) I love the fact that you sign your your uh your picture tnt with a little That's heart. That's my initials. Yeah. Right. So it's Tammy Tucky. What's your middle name? Nicole. Nicole. There <laughs> you go. TNT. I love it. Was that on purpose? Did your parents do that on purpose to say we, we want her to have a TNT because she's just going to be an explosive kid?
2: That's that's all my dad, because he's TNT, I'm TNT, and so is my sister, but oh. my mom's not. She has a, a P name, Pamela. All right, all right, <laughs> awesome,
1: awesome. Well, anyway, <laughs> listen, you're back because you've just put out uh, your new album, uh, and uh, I want to ask you about that. First off, this is your second album you've put out of Disney covers.
2: Yes, my, my second album. So this is Glowing in Timeless Places, and it's officially coming out on April 15th digitally. And if you wanted to buy a CD because everybody kept asking, where's the physical copy? And uh, so we made a physical CD this time. The right. first one was called You'll Find to Be on Main Street, which I did five years ago. And that was and, like seven songs. And this and, one and is was that all
1: now. Was was that all digital download. The first one.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, I only had the funds to do digital downloads. And, and, so. and is
1: that, um, you know, is that still available?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can get yeah. that one and stream it on iTunes or Amazon or okay. Spotify. It's called You'll Find Me on Main Street.
1: Okay, great. We'll we'll have a link for that in the show notes. But uh, how did this second album come about?
2: I just kept getting asked, when are you doing a second album? We want to hear more songs from the parks. And it was so interesting because, you know, Disney celebrated Walt well, Disney World celebrated 50 years. And usually every celebration, they always release an album. And it's just a, you know, beautiful remastered music. And they didn't do anything this time. So I was like, well. I I really still wanted to do an album and I had all these people who said, I would love to back you. And I was like, okay, maybe this might work to try it again. And I wanted to make it bigger and I wanted to have more songs and have a CD this time because I grew up you know, having physical media was the VHS tape, laser disc, my books. And I just love that. And I thought it would be great to have a booklet with the CD, you know, so uh, just thought I would give it a shot. And we successfully thanks again, by the way, both of you donated. And because of your show and so many other great podcasts, I got all the support and everybody donated to Indiegogo and and it took about, it was a year, no, less than a year ago that we started the project and now we're done. <laughs> so I'm just so excited that we were able to get it done in this short amount of time. And, and it sounds great. <laughs> how,
1: how, did, how did you a, come up with the title for it? And what was your process in selecting the songs?
2: So I had uh, probably a list of 30 songs. I actually tweeted out. I said, what do you want to hear from the theme parks? So a lot of people put in their suggestions. And so through that process, I had to narrow it down to 10 songs that I wanted. But also I I was going to write a song. So I had 11 songs. So 10 of them I had to find out if Disney would approve because you have to ask if it's been released already. That's the key thing. If it's been released, you can cover it. So the problem here is some of these songs are very rare and they have not been released. And I didn't know what had or had not been. So I had an A-list of what I wanted to do. And I had a backup B-list of things I could just substitute in. So I sent the A-list to Disney, I think in July, and they got back to me by the end of the month and said, these are the songs you can do. You can't really do any medleys. It takes a longer time to get approval because you have to get approval from the songwriters. And I was like, "Okay, well, I guess we're not doing medleys because we had to get the ball rolling. So that was kind of how I chose the songs. And then the title of the the album, Glowing in Timeless Places, is actually from a song in Epcot, um, uh, The Universe of energy um oh energy you make the world go energy you make the world go round and it's a it's a lyric in it and I wanted to do that piece but I had to switch it out with something else but I love the I love that phrase and I was like I gotta use it so that's how I picked that title
1: Fantastic. And what about the order that you put this in? Like, uh, uh, obviously, oh, yes. you're trying to tell a story with your with, with your album, right? You know, when, mm-hmm. when you do a record, you're going to put the, the music in some kind of an order. Maybe you only know what it means, but there's some sort of storytelling to it, isn't there?
2: Yeah. Well, I think the, the one thing is you, you want to hit all songs from all four parks because I was mainly basing it for Walt Disney World. Right. Um, and so I wanted to make sure I, I got a song from each park, but I didn't want to be like as some of the older albums of Disney parks is it, they just have the one park at the beginning of the album, and the second park at the park at the end. And then part two is I didn't want that. I wanted to kind of like intertwine. So I right. wanted to start off with Epcot because Everybody loves a good Epcot song to kind of brighten their day and bring them in. I feel like people love that. So I chose We've Just Begun to Dream, which was the track that was the opening day track. It's only played once in the theme parks, and that was it. Really? (laughs) And for some reason, they used a little piece of it in Disneyland Paris. For some reason, and that was my only way to get that song because it had officially been released in Disneyland Paris. Wow. That's how I got to do the song. That that is so, amazing. So that was a re- that was the key. We wanted to start out big, and we've just begun. to to dream is a great way to start and, and, end big. I I like ending on a happy note. So I kind of ended with main street USA because the, my first album was called you'll find me on main street. So you're still finding me at the end of the second album. I'm still on main street and I'm always walking into the sunset on main street to the castle and kind of ending it uh, that way. And, and the journey is really, really fun. I I love how we put it together and, and made it made it, So coherent. Thank God.
1: (laughs) Well, and I want you to step through that. Like, you know, your track one was just, uh, we've just begun to dream. Mm -hmm. Why one little spark or yeah, one little spark is track two. Why, why that Mm -hmm. one there?
2: I think I wanted to stay in Epcot for a little bit. I, 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 as a kid, this one, particularly out of all the songs in the album was the one that I never got to see in the attraction. I I did. I I was, it was 1998. I was little. I was like two. I don't remember it. And I met Dreamfinder and figment right before they took them out of the theme parks. And, um, All I remember is as a kid, I remember on cassette tape, I just listened to the song constantly because the character work by the two uh, performers was just amazing. I think it was Billy Barty and, and Chuck McCann. I think, okay. and I I could always picture it in my mind. I didn't know what they really looked like, and I just loved this key song. And I thought, okay, let's 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 dive into our imagination because for the rest of this album, you got to do that. You have to dive into your imagination to appreciate where we're going in the songs that we're talking. You know, the stories. So I thought that that would be a, a great fit right after Epcot's big. Uh,
1: I'll Al, Al John, can we can we play a little snippet of uh, where we've just begun to dream? We can do that for sure. Well, well, I think our listeners should know. I really wanted us to play the entire track on a couple of the songs, but we're we're restricted by copyright law, and we'd have to get permission <laughs> to to play the entire song from Disney. And well, yeah. you know, we're a timely show. <laughs> we don't want to wait months for for permissions. Uh, so we're gonna just only play a small snippet. That we're allowed to play, okay. am I right on are, that,
0: Al? John, you're one hundred percent right, Dave. Okay, thank you. <laughs> all right,
1: <laughs>
0: all right. Let's uh, let's hear a clip. Let's hear a clip right now.
1: Dream's come true. And that's there all we're allowed go. to play. About that. And <laughs> you know, I have to say, you have such a beautiful voice, Tammy. And when I listen to just the music, it almost like it doesn't sound like you. Does that oh, make okay. sense? <laughs> like, No, I, I, and, and I'm, yeah. I, 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 I find that interesting when I know people and then I hear them sing. I'm like, oh, my God, where's that voice coming from? You know what I mean because no, it's, kind of it, it's, like yeah. a, it's kind of like like you hear Barry no, it's, it's
0: just, you hear Barry Gibb talk and then
1: you hear him sing, yeah, exactly, you know what I mean so there you go yeah I mean that as a total compliment, okay? I'm just know, saying, thank you. you know, but <laughs> I was just listening to your voice on that clip, and I'm like, my god it it's like this otherworldly person. You know, that it's you, oh. but it's like, my gosh, you know,
2: we're going for uh, like a Xanadu feel to it. And and yeah. that's Ali Omo, who was the second singer behind me and Sally Stevens. And Ali Omo was the original singer of Two Brothers in the American Adventure. Right. And okay. Sally Stevens was the original singer of Tomorrow's Child at Spaceship Earth.
1: That's
0: amazing. So that you
2: got them to collaborate on that.
1: Now, oh. let me ask you this. Like, you had to put all the musicians together for this. Am I right?
2: Yes, I asked, pretty much I asked people who I knew who I'd interviewed for, because I've been doing podcasting for 11 years now. Right. So I asked people that I knew, I was like, do you mind being on my album? They're like, sure. So there's a lot of recognizable names on here that I got to interview already. And I got to sing with them, which is great, but they're all in different states. So they recorded at their recording studio and then we kind of mixed everything together in the studio. Okay, that,
1: that was my next question. I was gonna ask you that because of the pandemic And also because of digital technology, you could have people scattered all over the world pretty much. uh, And they they would lay down their track based on the sheet music, right? They'd lay down their Mm -hmm. track and then you take all these tracks and you'd go into your mixing studio on the East Coast where you are and Mm -hmm. you'd put it all together, right?
2: Exactly, and I would send my my vocals first to them so they could hear what they're singing against. Because I don't think it's fair just to send the music and be like sing. You know yeah, what I mean? So yeah. I recorded all of my material and sent it over to them to sing with. And I okay. think they, I think it was much more easier that way. But yeah, yes, then we have. had somebody who was living in France, um, uh, California, um, New York. Florida. So we had a, an array of different people from different places, which was really cool. So
1: I, I, I just I, I marvel at it today. I mean, I really do marvel at it because, it, you know, it, it's crazy when you think about it. But even animation production, you can have done all over the world now. You can have a virtual studio. So you essentially had a virtual recording studio.
2: We did. I, I, because I never thought I could do something like this. And I just asked people to join in. And I was like, how are we going to make sure it sounds like we're in the same room? And that was very, very key. And I got to hand it over to Brendan, who mixed this album because we had some snags and he, he just, mi- Did his he did his magic when he was by himself and just, you know, kind of mixing everything and made it sound like we were all in the same room, which was so important. And it's it's difficult because you have different recording studios that might be bigger and don't have the sound as condensed as where I am, where I'm in like a tiny little booth. So it was difficult for him. And but he did so well that you wouldn't be able to tell the difference when you listen.
1: Now, was Brandon uh, near you? Like, you know, did you meet up at his studio or whatever to to like sit with him while you were mixing?
2: Yes. So okay. I, he, I, he was like 40 minutes away from me because I'm right outside of Philly. So uh-huh. I, I I went over, I think I did about like maybe 14 Fourteen trips just to be there and record, and then also mix with him. Okay. Um, at certain points, so it was fun. And then late night Wendy's afterwards because you can't really eat before you sing. So I right. was starving at the end of each three to four hour session. I was like, Oh, I'm hungry.
1: Yeah, you don't you don't want to have like a, a greasy cheeseburger and uh, you know, and a coke before you go in and, and a start baked singing. potato. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: you know, it's funny though because if you're in the studio and your stomach is growling, it could be picked up, like we found out
1: there on one of our shows, Dave. That's right. <gasps> you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you <laughs> can, you can, uh, you know, the mics are sensitive. You know, and you can get
2: lightheaded. I actually got lightheaded one day and I was like, Brendan, I got to sit. I'm not going to be able to record this today. And he's like, no, it's fine. Just sit. And we just went through the songs and thank God we did. But yeah, you can get lightheaded because you're standing like you just want to, and you're rigid. And I try to like float, but sometimes you're just trying to get the right note. And it's. It's difficult. It can be difficult. So sorry, it, was, I, it was a very challenging.
1: I, I'm laughing because I've done so many recording sessions at Capitol Records in Studio A, you know? I mean, <laughs> you're sitting there going lightheaded and I'm picturing myself eating a donut while I'm sitting on a sofa in the control booth looking out at all the musicians. You
2: know? <laughs> <laughs> See, you got the, you got the best of both worlds on that. There you, Certainly. Go.
1: <laughs> Certainly.
0: Hey, you know, uh, Dave mentioned the fact that Your voice sounds, sounds different when you're recording and you are actually, you've got experience, you know, you've had stage experience and singing experience. Yes. I mean, you want to tell everybody about the type of training that you may have had going into this record.
2: Yeah, I, I've done a lot. I've done community theater since I was six. And I still do shows. And I, I've trained with a couple of different, you know, professional um, individuals who help, you know, teach you how to sing. And, uh, but community theater was such a big, important part for me because I never would have been able to go up on a stage and and learn harmonies and understand that you have to sometimes walk and dance while singing at the same time you know what I mean so I'm currently in a show right now I'm doing spam a lot and one of the parts that I'm I'm in because I don't I don't share any of the parts because it's like a surprise show but one of the parts I'm literally galloping across the stage the entire time while I'm singing this very hard fast piece and it's hard but you got to practice and practice and practice. So it was something that was what I had to do, just keep practicing and practicing. But some of these songs were very vocally challenging and I was like, I shouldn't have chosen them, but I, I, you know, Brendan really kind of helped me reel out a character for each one. He's like, you got to find a sound for it. So we worked really hard, especially on ICU, the avatar song. That song is so hard to sing; it's so high. But I loved how it turned out. He's like, you got to pull a Celine Dion. So that's what we worked on <laughs> for two different sessions.
1: Uh, Al, John, uh, if we can, can we listen to uh, a uh, legal clip of? Uh, the legal length clip of "I See You."
0: Sure, sure. You know, uh, as I as I cue it up, I'll I'll make sure we get a little bit of the heat on here. Hold on a second. <laughs> It's hard. Let's see. That's like two modulations in a minute right there.
1: Okay. That's what I'm all saying. Right. Ho- hopefully we're not going to get shut down. Uh, it's
0: all uh, right. I'll fix it in by the, post. By then. the copyright. <laughs> I'll fix it in post. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right. <laughs> well, so uh, let me ask you this. Uh, you, you you also did another um, uh, track from Epcot, and that's Canada.
2: Yes, the Canada and, and, Pavilion. And, and, yeah, it's becoming and, one of my new
1: favorite pavilions, yeah, to be no, quite I, honest. I, 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 actually, I actually enjoy the Canadian Pavilion, uh, but I'm just wondering uh, what made you pick that? Well,
2: I wanted... Uh, Again, another song I loved, I got to interview the actual two original singers, John and Juanice, and they had their story is really interesting. um, And you should absolutely listen to the interview. If you type in Tammy Tucky and the Canada song, it will pop up with John and Juanise. But I was like, you know, I really wanted I can't I'm not really good at singing any type of different language. So I I actually um, asked a friend of mine, Serena, who is a French singer and performer and I said, hey, why don't we switch it up? Because the original song is the male English vocalist and the female French singer. I said, why don't we switch it up where I am the male vocalist? I'm singing the English um, uh, lyrics and you get to sing the French uh, translation. And so he did. And I, I thought it, and we wanted to kind of go for more of like um not as broad and and big and, and 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 voluptuous score as they did with the final cut because we're not copying the original one we want to right. build from it so we kind of have this like western little twang to it which i love that was all on josh who did the instrumentals he's brilliant <laughs> yeah
1: and uh and those two singers the original singers they were they they are canadian yes
2: no, they were, uh, they were both at, in Florida. They recorded the song in Florida. Really? They're not from Canada.
1: They're not. Wow. my God, that's nope. heresy. I apologize. She's not a to French I apologize singer. to Canada for this. Wow. You know? Yeah, really? her
2: French translation is actually not correct. Wow. And I learned the hard way when I tried to learn the song. I was like, oh, because I had some friends who, who sung French, who, who no. How to properly sing in, Fran- in French, and they're like, this is not proper uh, how she sings it. So, oops, and, and, but and, it's okay. <laughs> and, and French
1: Canadian is different from uh, France. Yes,
2: correct. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. So, so, so there are. There, you got that difference? Going. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> I'd love to hear a little bit of Canada because we have uh, a lot of friends up in Canada. That's right. Let's check this out. For the heritage. And Canada side no, I was singing it. <laughs> wow, we, we, I
2: know. You oh, know,
1: I, we, we, there, there's such a vibrant animation community in Canada, and we've had a number of people on the show who are Canadian animators. Uh, Canadian artists and, uh, you know, some who are still living in Canada and others who have immigrated uh, down to, you know, Southern California and other places so uh that's great i love that song and i love i love the canada pavilion i really do i love I song too. It's it it's i like
2: going underneath like where the rocks are and where the beautiful waterfall is yeah. it's just so yeah. and nobody's around there like it's very quiet so it's that. a good hideaway yeah. place yes
1: <laughs> it definitely is what, what i i know this is going to be a difficult question because i get hit with this question a lot uh but <laughs> i'm going to ask it anyway and you can give me whatever answer but uh, sure. uh do you have a favorite <laughs> track? Do Did you did you say I have to have this particular track on in order to build out this album?
2: Oh, um, I you know what? I love all of them, but I think the one that when I heard it, when it. When I heard it finalized, I was like, oh, this one is going to be the one everybody wants to hear. I love veggie, veggie, fruit, fruit. Yeah. That yeah. one is just so much fun. And you can you can picture that as a music video in your head with the the dancing fruit and vegetables. So I just loved how we kind of took it and turned it on its head and gave it more of like a more of like a samba and salsa you know, to it a little bit more, a little spicier. So that one was really
1: fun. Let me ask you about that because that's something that I'm always curious about. When you do a cover for a song, you don't want to do the exact same thing that somebody else has done. Like what, what's your thought process, your creative process in, in saying, okay, I'm going to do this song, but I, I don't want to do it like they did it. I want to put a samba to it, or I want to do this to it, or, you know, put this kind of an angle to it. I mean, how how do you, is that a conversation with, with the musicians you're working with, or do you, I don't know if you had an orchestrator or a main music person that you were dealing with?
2: So I had, I had two wonderful men, uh, James Clark and Josh Freelich, who worked on the instrumental. So they kind of like split it. And what I did was I, I I had conversations with both of them, like on Zoom and, and just said to them, you know, here's what I'm thinking, because obviously as you said, you you don't want to repeat what's already been done because then people will criticize. But then you want to make it your own, but you don't want to lose that original soul to the song, right? So uh, Josh is such a huge fan of all Disney music. So he, he kind of worked on... Um, uh, veggie, veggie, fruit, fruit, and the ones that are a little bit more obscure. While I gave the more um, broad and wide and and widespreading songs to James, who who loves that orchestration. So I kind of worked with both of them just to figure out. Um, and let them know what I was hearing in my head and we kind of went through and I'm like I really this is what I'm hearing let me why don't you give me a little taste of what you think that you could make you know give me like the first 30 seconds or 45 seconds and and they would send me clips and' I'd be like that's exactly what I want or maybe just a little change here and and then they would and then they would just kind of go you know go and have fun with it um and I love that I think that that makes it much more much more fun having the collaboration process and they have a ball with it
1: so <laughs> was, was, was the the music uh was that all done synth uh synthesizer or was it uh yeah. did you have any uh, live players that you laid tracks in or was it all synthesizer
2: all synthesizer except the um we have the trumpet player who uh which is vince he gets to play and will need again and veggie veggie fruit fruit so those are the two because we found that the synthesizer wasn't what we needed for those two songs. Like you needed something truly realistic. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the real thing.
1: (laughs) I I think the synthesizers today are really good, but the, but there is something to be said about layering in uh, live musicians, if you can do it. Uh, And I, by the way, I've done, I've done all of that over the years. Where I've done like a synth bed and then had, you know, uh, three or four live players that we did tracks for and you lay that and mix it together and it warms it up. I think it gives it a little bit more of a warmth to it because you have a, you know, a, a real person actually playing it, you know. So, exactly, and and yeah. you want
2: it, And again, this is all. It's is It's all you know. An audio medium. Right. So if we're gonna do it, we got to do it right because yeah, sure. you, you sure. don't have a second chance in fixing it. It's all yeah. what you hear. So yeah, uh, we, we we I love that change. Al
1: addition. John, Do you, can we get a little snippet of the veggie veggie fruit fruit? Got it. Veggie fruit fruit,
2: veggie veggie fruit fruit, veggie fruit fruit, My friends are exciting, just like fireworks igniting there, incredible!
1: And you know that really, I mean, listening to that little clip, that has such a sixties feel to it doesn't it exactly yeah it just has this wonderful 60s retro quality to it which i really love
2: you don't hear it a lot nowadays like if i if i got if i had a ton of money to make my own album i'd be like i want to give it a theme from the 60s because i love that sound it's just so good
1: (laughs) yeah no i i think it's fantastic so you you got the album recorded what was the process for you then after that i mean are there people actually still making cds and you know pressing cds and <laughs> the packaging and said well you know i asked that question true. because Everything has gone digital. You know, all the music yeah. is digital. You know, you, you, you've you got these uh, home assistant devices from all these different companies that you just shout out, play, blah, blah, blah. And it, it just plays. And it plays it. You, you know. But and- it's nothing
2: like hearing a record yeah you know, to hearing an actual record or hearing live music there's nothing like that you know having the actual thing there and i well, think with cd baby is where i'm releasing it from they have a distribution uh part of their website where you can have cds made and it's very expensive but it's worth it you know what i mean i wanted yeah. to have like the diamond casing where you could sure. have a nice eight page booklet in it yeah because yeah. i think that that i think it's so important to have that I, i'm so sad that children don't get to have that cd i remember pulling out my Walt Disney World CD booklet and reading the lyrics and, oh, what's this from? Because I didn't know where the song was from. It was from something that closed years ago. And I just missed that. And I'm so sad it's not there. But with my booklet, you'll have the original, my lyrics to my new song. But I also included photos from my home, uh, my my trips to the parks when I was a kid that are relevant to the songs that we were going to hear, which is really
1: cool. (laughs) That's so great um when uh and and i guess one of the questions i have to ask is like you had to go to disney to get permission to do this oh yes you know (laughs) they were from the
2: the very beginning yes yeah and
1: and, and so is there a cap on how many cds you can produce or is is it like you know whatever
2: um no there's no cap they they ask you to tell to to let them know how many you're going to order to begin with. So I, I ahead of time, I said, okay, I'm going to do 300. And then you give that number to them. And then they say, okay, here, here's what you are, you're paying for, for the rights for that. Digitally CD baby takes care of the digital version. So that's why my first album was like a slice. It was easy peasy. Um, But this one is a little different because you have to go back to them every time. If you have more than 300 CDs that you're going to sell, gotta go back and pay for the rights for that which is fine. I don't care yeah, yeah. Um, I'd rather have people have more CDs than the digital stuff <laughs> and,
1: and, and what, so. what's the, what, what's sort of the the temperature of the uh, of your audience I, I mean do they want a physical CD obviously some do but uh, mm-hmm. do you feel like more, more people are just comfortable getting the digital downloads?
2: I'm going to find out. I did put the pre-order out already for digital and physical. I've gotten a couple physical ones and plus the Indiegogo. I think we had like over a hundred supporters and they all wanted a CD. Almost all of them selected that option. Okay. So, um, but I'm going to, I don't, I I don't have access to what the pre-orders are yet for the digital side. So I don't know, but I've been pushing that out. So if you're interested in pre-ordering it, it's Tucky dot com slash order, and then okay. you could choose which one you'd like. <laughs> All
1: right, one more time, it's tammytucky.com dot com
2: slash order
1: slash order. That's pretty easy. Link in the and show Al notes. John, we're going to have that in our show notes, yes. so people can just <laughs> click through it. It's an easy click through. Yes. Um, click. So yeah, now that you're done with the album, mm-hmm. um, what'd you learn? What would what, you would you <laughs> like walk away from with this? I mean, I because I look Anytime I always finish a project, there's, there's something I go, hmm. I would do that differently next time, uh, mm-hmm. or I learned this, or I didn't know about that. You know. So what did what did you come away from with? The, you know, after all that work you put on, it's a year on this album. You walk away from it. You got a little distance, obviously, because it's pressed and you're you're right sending it out. You're sending it out. Yeah. I got my I got my CD, uh, but. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> honestly, uh, you know, do you, do, looking back on it, what's your thoughts?
2: I think budgeting or how much time I was going to be in the recording studio because I really, I nailed getting the songs done in the time allotted, but it was the time to mix it. That was longer than I I, I, I had anticipated, which is fine, but that was something I did not budget for, but that's okay. Because what matters in the long run is I, I whatever it's going to take money wise, it doesn't matter to me. It needs to sound good. We've already made it this far. Right. We're going and hitting that final line. So I would say that specifically. And I, I actually, I'm very, very proud of how it sounds. You know what I mean? Like when I hear my first album, I really enjoy it, but I'm like, oh, I could have done better here. I could have, because I had somebody else doing, you know, know editing it and engineering it and i didn't like how they were like using autotune so much not to fix me it was just to create a sound to it and i didn't like that so i'm very happy that we kept it as natural as possible but still gave it character so that's what i'm very happy with how it turned out for sure
1: (laughs) now now you uh I, i think when this show drops you will have already done your cabaret show Uh, Right. And and is that the the only show you're doing? You're you're doing like a, a cabaret live performance. And are there any restrictions on you doing the live performance of these songs? Do you have to get permission to do live performance of the song?
2: Uh, not to my knowledge because it's a free show. Like, I'm not charging people oh, to okay. come. I'm gotcha. just actually performing at my local library um with some friends who like to sing and dance. And okay. we're doing it on April 8th. So probably, yeah, after awards will be done. But it will be probably the only way I'll be able to perform it unless you know the album does really well. I'd love to go on tour. Yeah. <laughs> that would be the <laughs> dream. <laughs> but I don't think that's gonna happen. I have to keep my day job for right now. But this is just more of a celebration for you know local for my friends and family who want to hear it live sure. and also afterwards I'll be doing uh a, an official CD signing so if people want to come and get a CD they can get a CD fantastic.
1: <laughs> fantastic uh I I'd love to hear one more track if we could um sure to uh, do Main anything. Street I was just about to say could we do Main Street USA <laughs> you know kind yeah. of a closer. Right, I mean, and th-
2: this one's special because the man who wrote the song, Stu Nunnery, is in the song. He gets to sing a, a duet of with it, with me. With it, that's awesome.
1: So, that's awesome. Yeah, he when did wrote he it back in the, the '80s. He when did he write this in the '80s?
2: Yeah, back in the 80s. And it was on the Disney sing-along tape for Disneyland Fun. And Marie Osmond sang it once for a TV special. So I got to be able to perform it. (laughs) But he's never sung it before. So he got to work with me. It was great. It's one of my favorite
0: tracks. It's great. Let's check Mm -hmm. it
2: out. You see the greatest smiling faces up and down the street. It's remarkable how friendly all the people can be. I'm walking right down the middle of Main Street USA.
1: There you go. Wow, that's it. that's a catchy tune. A catchy <laughs> catchy yes. tune, isn't it? Still I, I, in the
2: parks after it's, all uh, these years. It still favorites. plays for the trolley show.
1: Sure. Mm-hmm. it's It's terrific. It really is. My gosh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're, you're uh, <laughs> so you've got this. This is your second album. I know you're still, you know, it's releasing April 15th and, you know, which is literally right when we're dropping the show. Uh, mm-hmm. So hopefully people are going to order. Uh, but uh, any plans to are you already starting to think about I want to do another third album or are you going to yes. let this you're going to sort of uh, <laughs> let this one sink in for for a little while?
2: Gonna let it sink in. I have an idea for the the third album, but we won't go to the theme parks. I think we need to have a little taste of the heroes and villains, Uh, Mm. but not just the regular, you know, songs we hear all the time i i I was somebody who grew up with the sequels i grew up with the movies from the 60s and 70s so you know i'm thinking maybe a little bit of happiest millionaire maybe a little pete's dragon maybe a little bit cinderella 3 a twist in time you never know but yeah i have something in the back of my head i'd love to do so if anybody wants to invest in it (laughs) let me know just just put the
1: word out again put the word out you're building a fan base you know (laughs) um i i think have a, a, a just a beautiful voice and uh, and I think this is a really terrific album for anybody who's uh, you know a fan of the of the Disney theme parks. Uh, there's something very special about this because it's a homegrown uh, album, you know, but it's mm-hmm. professional and, and, and I'm not yeah I'm, I'm trying to find the actual words to, to, to convey my thought here because it, it it is so professionally done and sounds beautiful but it's also homegrown and there's something super mm-hmm. special about that. It's like a passion project. And I love passion projects. I really do. You know, so. Uh, I know.
2: And thank you for supporting it because I loved all of your books and I'm so glad you were on my podcast. So being on your podcast is an honor. And then also hearing that you liked it and you think it's professional. That, that means a lot to me. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> no, I,
1: it really is. And, 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 and again, you know, these these passion projects that people do are coming from from your heart you know Mm -hmm. and you're putting everything you have into it and 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 i think when people when when people come along and pick up you know this cd and listen to it they're gonna go wow they're gonna they're 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 really gonna get blown away and and go this is incredible you know because this is as good (laughs) as anything Disney Records would put out
2: Yes, I, I, I think yeah. so, too. I, I'm yeah. really, really proud of it. I I, yeah. I would let I will toot my horn there. Yeah. <laughs> no,
1: I, I absolutely believe that. And I, I hope I hope our listeners will give this a shot. Uh, You can get either digital download or you can get a physical CD. Uh, You just <laughs> want to go to TammyTucky.com slash orders. And we're gonna have that in our uh, order. Our no S order. Oh, order. Order. Right, yeah, okay. Right. Well, but if you want to do orders, just go to order, and yeah. you can order multiple copies. Set
0: yourself up. Yes. Set yourself up as with a. Many set as your you friend want. Up. Yeah. Set your friend up. It's great for gift giving. But you know, on the on the piggyback uh, of what Dave said, Tammy, it's a. It sounds great. I can't wait for my copy of the record. It's gonna be great. And you could tell you spent a lot of time mixing and mastering, which is so important. In making the record sound as clear and as you could say professionally done as possible because it's, you know, technology helps a tremendous amount, but technology is only as good as the stuff you put in, right? The stuff you put Absolutely. in has to be great. The stuff you come out will be even better. But if you don't have any good stuff going in, it's you can polish it up, and it never will be good, <laughs> you know. So c- everybody's like, "You it.
2: could use auto tune." I'm like, uh, "Uh, no, no, no!" Like, it, you can only use it to a certain point, and it, it's it you can hear that it's auto tuned Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And it's a lot of muscle you're using to sing those songs. I'm like, <gasps> you know, it's a lot of sweating and muscle and tears, but sure. a lot of fun moments. So I'm just like so happy it's coming out. It's I, I'm so excited for everybody ready to hear it and i can't wait to hear what everybody else's favorite songs you know are the,
1: the one thing i i'd add to this is that whenever you take on these kinds of projects you're not doing it by yourself it's a team oh, effort wow. you've surrounded yourself with some really terrific professional people um you know some of whom w- sang on the original uh cuts for for the parks uh mm-hmm. and so you know that that that's what's so special about doing a passion project is that you're pulling other people into your orbit uh that are are professionals and believe in the project and all of that and that, and again it just adds to the level of quality that goes into something like this and again i've listened to the album uh it, i i think it's fantastic and i really really hope that our listeners will take Al John and I's opinion uh uh for whatever it's worth uh <laughs> and, and go out and order order uh Tammy's uh album because it really is that terrific. And and Tammy, I gotta say, it's so great having you back on the show again.
2: Thank you. I know I, I keep listening. I always listen to you guys in the car. I actually was listening to your podcast when I was going Back and forward to the studio, so thank you for the nice forty minutes of listening to you guys all the time. Oh, (laughs) Oh,
1: I'm I'm so glad that you're enjoying the show, and and like (laughs) I said at the beginning, you know the this whole podcasting community is really a community everybody everybody's yes. helping one another and that's what we love and we love giving shouts out to uh all the other podcasters uh periodically and uh you still have your podcast the uh tammy tucky the, show. show the tammy yeah. tucky show now well the tammy tucky show i i still call it the <laughs> show, you know, but it's, it's the tammy <laughs> tucky <true>.
0: show yeah <laughs> yeah yeah well have I, know. All I love doing links. that so what else do you need to plug other than the well, uh, the, the Tammy, Tammy Tucky, Tucky show, show is
2: yep. is my YouTube channel and you can see it at uh, YouTube dot slash Tammy Tucky and I do reunions like one of the most recent reunions I did was with the uh, casting crew of Treasure Planet for the twentieth yep. anniversary yeah yep. that was fun yeah. um, but now since it's the Tammy Tucky show it's not just Disney it's kind of you know extended to Broadway and mm. and television which pop I love culture, you know pop I mean? culture pop culture in general so you can find me there twitter and instagram at tammy tucky uh facebook uh facebook.com slash singer tammy tucky and uh i I, you can always if you have any questions or anything you can always ask me and thank you again guys for having me on the show it means a lot and uh i thank you for helping me get the word out
1: (laughs) absolutely it was it's always a pleasure having you here tammy and we look forward to having you back again real soon thank you so much
2: sounds good
1: (laughs) your attention please now loading on track number one for a trip around walt disney's magic kingdom skull rock podcast all aboard your main street to the world of disney
0: i tell you what tammy tucky is infectious she's so fun what a great she really
1: is but i you know first and foremost she has a great voice. Yeah, I love listening to her sing, and I was so glad that we could play some selections from her new album. She which I I have to say to people, if you're if you're just a fan of Disney of of the resorts, the parks, uh, you know, do yourself a favor, pick up a copy of this album, uh, either as a digital download or as a physical CD. Um, it, it's really a terrific album.
0: Yes, uh, definitely check it out. And we're going to put links to her website as well, TammyTucky.com. You can go ahead and and order right now, Glowing in Timeless Places today, a digital download. And I believe there's also going to be a physical copy CD available as well for theme park related songs and so much more. Please check it out. And don't forget, she also has a Tammy Tucky show. Her podcast is great. They always talk. uh, She always talks about Disney films with various cast members and crew members. So uh, please be sure to check out her podcast as well. So thank you for joining us, Tammy. And we look forward to checking more of you out in the months to come not regarding that record so anyway gang thank you so much for checking out our program and we do appreciate it i uh want everyone to know that they can subscribe to the show if you made it this far you stumbled upon the show thank you for sticking around we would love for you to subscribe to the show and if you believe we've earned it give us those five stars we do appreciate it every little bit and your ratings and your reviews help out and maybe we'll read some reviews on an upcoming episode of skull rock podcast send us those emails as well Dave or Al John at Podcast.com and be sure to check out all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram. Dave and I are both on LinkedIn so you can connect with us that way and send us those messages. We would appreciate it.
1: Dave? And, uh, you know, as always, uh, check out DavidBossard.com. There's a tab for free stuff. If you got one of my books and you want it signed, you can get yourself a book plate, bookmark, a coaster, uh, whatever you want. There's a bunch of free stuff there. Uh, check it out at davidbosser.com. Also, if you're interested in some of my books, you can find them on theoldmillpress.com. Uh, signed copies. Uh, and uh, with that, I will tell you, go out and enjoy the week. Be good to one another. Hopefully it's warming up in your area and you're not getting too much rain. Uh, and uh, we will see you back here next week on the Skull Rock Podcast. I'm John Goh, co-host of
0: the Disney List Podcast as heard on Sorcerer Radio, as well as Skull Rock Podcast here with my wife, Kristen. Hello. Hello. You are an earmarked agent who books Disney travel, vacations for people all the time. Give our listeners a reason why they want to give you a call instead of just booking a trip by themselves.
2: Well, I can do all of the legwork for them. I have expertise. I've been to the Disney parks well over 100 times, so they've
0: got that knowledge at their hand, as well as it saves them time and money. Where can people get in touch with you so that they can book their next Disney cruise, Disney park trip, Adventures by Disney?
2: They can contact me at theme parks and cruises at gmail.com.